can't explain exactly why. One time we ran into Irene Lance from my office. She's the design person there. Dorothy and I were returning from lunch, or I had had lunch at least, and Dorothy had fallen into step beside me as I was walking back. And suddenly we noticed Irene approaching from St. Paul. Irene was hard to miss. She was always the most elegant woman on the street, not that that was much of a challenge in Baltimore, but she would have seemed elegant anywhere. She was tall and ice blonde, wearing a long flowing coat that day with the collar turned up around her throat and the hemline swirling about her shins in the brisk spring breeze. I was curious. How would a person like Irene handle this type of thing? So I slowed my pace, which caused Dorothy to slow hers, and by the time Irene caught sight of us, we were almost at a standstill, both of us waiting to see what Irene would do. Two or three feet away from us, she stopped short. Oh. My. God. She said. We smiled. UPS, she said. I said, what? I phoned UPS for a pickup, and there's nobody in the office. Well, never mind. We're heading back there right now, I told her. I used the word we on purpose, although Dorothy would most likely depart before I entered the building. But all Irene said was, Thanks, Aaron. I must be getting Alzheimer's. And off she went, without another word. She would really have worried about Alzheimer's if she had known what she'd just overlooked. I glanced over at Dorothy, expecting her to share the joke, but she was pursuing her own line of thought. Wild strawberries, she said in a reflective tone of voice. Pardon? That's who Irene reminds me of. The woman in the old Bergman movie. The daughter-in-law with a skinned back bun. Remember her? Ingrid Thulin, I said. Dorothy raised her eyebrows slightly to show she was impressed, but it wasn't so very difficult to dredge that name up. I had been enamored with Ingrid Thulin since college. I liked her cool, collected air. How long do you suppose it will be before Irene does a double-take? I asked Dorothy. Dorothy merely shrugged. She seemed to view our situation much more matter-of-factly than I did. Maybe the reason I didn't ask Dorothy why she had come back when she did was that I worried it would make her ask herself the same question. If she had just sort of wandered back, absent-mindedly, the way you would return to an old address out of habit, then once I'd brought it up she might say, Oh, my goodness, I should be going. Or maybe she would imagine I was asking what she was doing here, why she had come back at all, in other words. Like when you ask a house guest how long he's planning to stay and he suspects you're asking, when can I hope to be rid of you? Maybe that was why I felt it wouldn't be polite. It would kill me if she left. I had already gone through that once, I didn't think I could do it all over again. She was short and plump and serious-looking. She had a broad, olive-skinned face 
appealingly flat-planed and calm black eyes that were noticeably level, with that perfect symmetry that makes the viewer feel rested. Her hair, which she cut herself in a heedless, blunt, square style, was deeply, absolutely black, and all of a piece. Her family had come from Mexico two generations before, and yet I don't think other people recognized how attractive she was, because she hid it. Or, no, not even that. She was too unaware of it to hide it. She wore owlish, round-lensed glasses that mocked the shape of her face. Her clothes made her figure seem squat, wide, straight trousers and man-tailored shirts, chunky, crepe-soled shoes of a type that waitresses favored in diners. Only I noticed the creases as fine as silk threads that encircled her wrists and her neck. Only I knew her dear...